When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the. I was going to say the fat pack four. It's not. It's the midweek fix uh, with me, Gav, this evening. Um, Jamie is not here this week, so it's going to be a really basic show where we don't throw all graphics at you and stuff like that because that's Jamie's bag. But it's um, big birthday celebrations in Jamie's today, so he's had the night off. I, be- I believe there's garlic chips involved and and um, watching football, so it's it's a good birthday. I don't even know if it's his, but it's a good birthday anyway. Um, with me, oh no, before we do that, don't make a mess of this, Gav. Um, what we're talking about tonight, um, Leeds versus Liverpool, we're going to have a quick chat around that. We're going to have a chat around Brazil and FIFA and all that stuff that's come out today. And we're also going to talk some winners and losers and Liverpool jerseys and whatever else. So what we're going to try to do is, we're going to try to get through the Leeds, Liverpool, Brazil stuff um, in the first half an hour of the show. And then for the last half an hour, we're going to do winners and losers because people really like it. And we're going to give the people in the chat a chance to throw in their winners and losers and we'll have a little bit of a chat about it if that's okay um with me this evening i have got phil egan and i have got key plunkett three-man band this week three-man band um i have the most Rude said fred were a three-man band i think it must be said <laughs> yeah, yeah. i have the most hair so i'm the winner this week yeah um overall but um lads it's great for you to join us and listen um this show is brought to you by Sienna Steps. Please go and support us. The link is in the description for everything you need. The um, update from that was that they've raised enough money to send Sienna to America to have her treatment. Um, but like that's only half the battle. The battle is when she comes home for all the, the, the rehab and stuff she's going to need. So, um, we'll have a little bit of a chat toward, about that towards the end. But please, if you can, check out the link in the description and whatever way you can help, whether that's donating or sharing absolutely go and do that um phil i'm going to come to you first i've said we're going to keep it very basic tonight so it's going to be us three on screen some messages coming in from people and the winners and losers they're all going to get a chance to do that later but the first thing i want to come to is um the international break is over um it's just being completed in the last couple of minutes and we look forward now to leeds versus liverpool is this a fixture you've missed away to leeds yeah, yeah, there's some great memories. Um, some good ones, some bad ones. I always remember the bad one was the Viduka one because it was, it was, yeah. um, you know, those, do you remember those half 11 kickoffs where you'd go to the pub to watch them and you kind of thought, geez, it's a bit early to be starting. <laughs> yeah. what, like, whatever about, like, whatever about, like, when you're away over a game, it's never too early. I mean, you can have points in the airport, that's fine, but going down to your local at half 11 and, you know, there's still that that smell from the night before in the yeah. pub, especially if it, it was a Saturday or a Saturday morning game, and yeah. obviously, um, Faduka scored the the goals, and she Liverpool were, were two 0 up in it. But um, there's a few Leeds fans in my office now; they're looking forward to Sunday. They they think they have, that they're going to have a good old cut off Liverpool. Um, wouldn't read too much into last season's game. Obviously, there was no one at the game. Um, I think 
conceding a set piece. That's hopefully something that won't happen this weekend. I know obviously the Chelsea game, there was a, a set piece scored against us, but I think that was a bit of a, you're not going to see too many goals like that, the one that Havertz scored, but it, it'll be a good one because you know Leeds have come to play. So there'll be plenty of space for Liverpool and that, I think that'll suit Liverpool. So it'll be end to end and it's just a case of having to be clinical because I, I found with that game last season, when Liverpool were one up, they butchered a few chances then and then they, they paid for it in the end. So hopefully, well, it'll be interesting. Look, I know obviously we're going to talk about the, the, the players that could be missing, but still it looks like it's going to be a fairly strong team anyway. And thankfully, the Van Dijk update is is good news because like there were six nil up second second minute of injury time goalkeeper plays a short pass to him and you're just thinking jesus like that that could have been a lot worse so yeah. he's fine van hal is the manager isn't he yes yeah, his third stint yeah. yeah told you i said this ages ago when um who was losing their job the last time one of the other managers that gets sacked and gets it again a few years later. You've only yeah. had about four managers the in the last manager? 94 years. Frank, Frank De Boer was Frank at the year. And, and, yeah. and I knew they'd just bring back a Van Hal or a Koon. Big Alpha Cat. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Ghost hitting. Yeah, a massive, yeah. Massive, um, massive update from Raymond Cox, of course, who um, literally, I think we helped deliver his child last week on the show. Um, he said, hello boys, the baby is one week old, currently feeding him as I'm watching the podcast, top lads. There you go. Uh, Ray, Happy birthday, young boy. If, if you can give us a, an update every week uh, around five past ten, we make sure to update people as um, the child is now the official sponsor of the Midweek Fix. Um, Keith. Yes. Phil touches on something there. Um, you know, we've seen some great Liverpool days around Road. I remember one going back and I'm, I want to say was it like I want to say it was around 91, and I think Liverpool were going 4-0 up at Ellen Road at half-time and end up winning the game 5-4. And I remember John Barnes just being absolutely unbelievable. Um, and then the Viduca won, and there was some cup wins there as well. We bashed them in a couple of games. But how big is the crowd going to be? Because, like you said, Anfield, Ellen Road last season, two good games, but no fans. But the, this is the one, like Leeds were up for it against Everton, but they're going to be really up for it this one, aren't they? Yeah, I've said it before. I think the two teams that suffered the most from lack of fans was Liverpool and Leeds. And Leeds had a great season last year and had a great finish. But I just think if they'd have had Ellen Road, I hate Leeds and I grudgingly respect them because of the hatred I have for them. You know what I mean? Like I just think they're they're a very big support club. They're a huge club. I think of Leeds. I think of a huge club, even though they were out of Premier League for so long. And it's actually. I thought, you know, at the start of last season, we played them in the first, uh, first day, and I'm like, Jesus, you know, if when they get a crowd into Ellen Road, they'd be tough to be. And it didn't happen for them, and it's happening this season. That place will be rocking. Um, there's a rivalry there. They don't like a lot of people, Leeds, in fairness to them. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't take it personally. They, they like nobody. But it's going to be a great game, and it's going to be a hostile atmosphere. And you know what? I... I like Leeds in the sense that I, I hate them, but I like them as well because they, they are a big club. They're well supported. Their fans are militant. Even in Dublin and Ireland, you yeah. go out anywhere and I'm hearing it all the time. Little phone will ring and it's that marching on together team and I'm like, that shite bag's a Leeds fan. That's a Leeds fan. <laughs> this is a Leeds fan. There's loads of them. Like, they're bleeding yeah. multitude of There's them. There's loads of them in Dublin. Loads of them. Remember the night in the Camden when we went yeah. for the, the last game of the season? Yeah. Oh, they, sorry, the Leeds. And they got promoted that night, didn't they? No, they, they well, no. What happened that night was Liverpool were lifting the title, and I think Leeds had yeah. drawn away at United. They were on before us that day. Yeah, 
No, they were still. They were. They were would have been in the championship then at that stage because they were only promoted. Oh yes, 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 yes. Sorry, no. It, uh, United had played that day and drawn a home to somebody. Yeah, United. Was we no were watching United that. Yeah. There was no yeah, United the Leeds fans, fans were out early. They were, they were, they were early. They drunk. were getting that title as well that night. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. There's loads of them, real loud, real lady. But I like that. You know what I mean? I think they're a good fan base. They're. Um, there's a load of them, as I said, even over here, and I think they did suffer from having it. But one thing I will say is I thought Leeds as a club acted a little bit disgracefully last season when we played them at Ellen Road. All this shit about greedy Liverpool, about the Super League thing. It's all well and good when you've got sort of fans doing things, but when a club starts, you know, interfering with all that, they didn't they put something up in the changing rooms or something like that. There was a few bits and pieces that I thought was a bit yeah. petty by Leeds. But look, these things happen, you know what I mean? It's it's just one of those um one of those things that happen. Well look, I think Leeds and Liverpool is always a good fixture. It's a it, it's a it's usually a tasty one and at Ellen Road You'd expect them in theory you'd expect Leeds to be a tough nut ball. Phil touched on they play very open. You know what I mean? We saw them against United. I think they'll play like that in a lot of away games. At home, I think they'll fancy their chances. And, you know, it's going to be a tough ask. I think you can get through this. I was confident up until Brazil ruined everything for everybody. So we will come on to that in a while and touch on that. But look, let's see what happens. Let's see how it goes. Mm. Owen Boke, um, just referenced that game I did earlier. He said that game should have finished about 9-6 to Liverpool. He said Barnes was unplayable that, that day and Lee Chapman was like Pele. Do you know what it was? It was definitely like the early nineties. Someone can confirm if you look it up. Leeds four Liverpool five. Been, yeah. I'm think I think it was end of five four. It was Cantona playing for Leeds at that stage? No, I don't think he was. But Liverpool destroyed them first half, and then came out and I was like, "What is going on here?" But um, go and have a look at it. But John Barnes was just that's why he's the best player to ever play with Liverpool. Go and watch him, unbelievable. Um, let's not get into that row though. Right, we'll get a row off me. I think he's great. Yeah, I yeah, know, but I usually get, get around. Right yeah, yeah no, I usually get around <laughs> when I say John Brown's the best that's ever played with us, but that's yeah. just me. I just, he's fucking unbelievable. Um, so going forward into Sunday, you know, I think it's going to be a cracking game. Half four on the Sunday as well, you know, but there's going to be a proper proper atmosphere there. And, and as Keith said, Leeds play open, and, and as Phil said, that the fans there, it's going to be it's going to be a ridiculous atmosphere as well. With, with the away fans there as well, in fairness, I think that the away fans are down, down the sideline, aren't they, at Ellen Road as opposed to over in one of the corners. But I have to get to this stuff about Brazil and FIFA and, and everything else. And this kicks off, and Phil, I'll come to you first, this kicks off on, I want to say Sunday night, because I'm brutal with days. Basically, Argentina are away in Brazil for a World Cup qualifier, and... Lads just start coming on the pitch. Like the, yes. the Brazilian, the Brazilian, like NHS or HSE, come on and go, listen. Yeah. This is the Brazilian Tommy Hill. Yeah, the four <laughs> years yeah. off. You know what I mean? Four, like it was like they were playing four bangers and just yeah. said off. And I was like, no, I wasn't watching it. I just seen it on, on social media. I was like, what has got? And then I turned around. I was like, what is going on here? Like, how long were Argentina in the country for a start? And how did it get all the way to teams being named or getting to stadiums being named, warming up? And starting before somebody come on the pitch and went, you shouldn't be here. It all started there, Phil. Like, it was a joke, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, uh, it was Sunday. And there obviously had been talk about this, about the, the players that were going over, the the two from Spurs and, and the two from Villa. And as well, coming back, that they were going to go to Croatia so they could get back into the UK. 
But yeah, it seems bizarre that they would wait till the game starts. But was that just their way of thinking? This is a way of um, showing them up because yeah, like the great thing about the Brazil Argentina game is like the rivalry. Obviously, they played in the Copa America yeah. final earlier in the summer, yeah. and like the, the needle in the games is it's what you want because like, there's be certain and, and there's certain fixtures over here in in Europe that can't happen. Like certain teams are kept apart because for political reasons, whereas Argentina and Brazil, there's no chance of that. They just well, it's, it's a rivalry that obviously developed on the pitch, but um, yeah, they absolutely hate each other. And it was, yeah, what was it, four minutes? And that was it, game over. And then by the time I had turned on, the Brazilian squad were training. They were all just... <laughs> and, and then Messi came out with a bib on, a photographer's bib. <laughs> so it was all a bit nuts. And now the stuff today is just the, the next layer of it where they're digging their heels in, basically they're pissed off that... Certain clubs, well, Premier League clubs wouldn't release their players and now they're, they're hitting back at them, except for Everton, because they're thinking, ah, oh, no, we like you because you let Richarlison play at the Olympics. So mm. that's fine. But, you know, it affects a few of the clubs. I mean, it's a, it's a plus for United because Fred's unavailable. Yeah. Um, for, for Liverpool, obviously you're missing Allison and Fabinho. That's a big loss. Like I know Firmino was, was injured, but. Yeah. Yeah, Allison and Fabinho is substantially bigger. Now, Leeds would argue that Rafinha is a massive loss for them, and, and he is. He's a quality player. But I, I wonder will this get sorted before the weekend? Will, will something well, happen? I want to come on to that in a minute as to what the outcome might be. But Keith, just looking at it, like, and I asked a question a minute ago. Argentina rock up in, in Brazil, right? Yeah. With these four players from Premier League-based teams. Okay. Now, for anyone, I, I was very confused today, so I asked a couple of questions on Twitter because you know me, Keith, the world passes me by, you know, and, and I'm, I'm doing other stuff and I don't know the ins and outs. So I just see this stuff happening and go, oh, and I genuinely start asking people questions as to why it's going on. And I couldn't understand that. I know the Premier League said, no, look, you don't have to release players to countries that are red listed. So that's. That's the one thing the Premier League have said. Obviously, yeah. Brazil is red-listed. Brazil apparently have made special dispensation for their players. But this isn't about special dispensation. That That's only that's only a thing for when you're in Brazil and coming out. The Premier League were saying, no, you don't have to go. You know, you can keep them here. You can, as a club, can keep them here. It doesn't matter what dispensation is made in Brazil or Australia or wherever it might be. This is the, her, her decision, right? But at the same, but, and we get on to that in a minute. But Argentina rock up there. Get to the stadium. All the players must have had passes because you're, you know, you see players coming to the stadium. All of these passes on them, so they can go where they like. And they go out and warm up. Teams are named, and then they go on the pitch. And four minutes later, these fellas are on the pitch saying, "Get them off!" Like I can't get my head around that at all, Keith. I can't get my head around it, how that would happen whatsoever. And did these four fellas just rock up at the stadium with, with like, we're the FBI, let us in? Like it's a farce, Keith. It is a farce. It is a farce. I mean, look, it, it, it can't have been a surprise. You know, they, they must have known Argentina named the squad. Argentina had these players in there. These players got into Brazil. Now, I'm sure they didn't go straight to the stadium from the airport or whatever, or wherever way they travelled. They must have known. And there was apparently negotiations between Conmobol and um, Joao, what's his name, Bolsonaro, was it, the Brazilian president, to allow the, the games to go in. Because Brazil were very relaxed about COVID concerns when they jumped in to host Copa America at the last minute. You know, so they 
it's only seemingly after that that they've made these um, changes that people coming from the UK would have to quarantine, except for Brazilians, apparently. Um, it's just a shit show. It's just an absolute, like, you know, how, as you said, Gav, how that can go to being four minutes into the game. Like, is this like a film where these four jobs wards are running through the stadium, bursting through security to get out onto the pitch? You know, how did they get onto the pitch? How could they not stop this four minutes earlier? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't know. Um, FIFA, we'll come on to them in a few minutes, like, but I wouldn't imagine that FIFA are looking too kindly on Brazil and all this without the show that happened then today, like, just from that whole instance, because as as uh, Phil said, you know, this is one of the biggest matches in the international calendar. And the fact that they just won the Copa America in Brazil and they're going back there, you know, this game is huge. There's needle on both sides, uh, more so than usual even. And how this farce was allowed to happen, was allowed to get where it did, It's well, Laura, it just looked... Laura Duffy says the National Health Service told them not to play the four players, keep them in the hotel after they found out they lied on their immigration forms. Found out they lied? Like, but, but this is, a, this is an international footballer. Yeah, like it's not like, them. It's not like fucking Keith from Ring's End trying to get into yeah. in Brazil and saying, no, I haven't been in the UK. These are four high-profile players arriving in to play the biggest sporting event probably in Brazil that weekend. It's not like, you know, look, I know where Laura Duffy's coming from. Like if they, if they told them that's what to do, that's what to do. But why didn't they, I just can't get how they just came in and start being on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? But look, the game was suspended. I don't know what, what they're going to do with it now. Um, you know, Kev O'Sullivan reckons that, you know, they should, um, Argentina should have just been awarded a 3-0 win. Yeah. And, and away we go because, like, you know, Brazil, I don't know what way that works. Brazil didn't uphold their end of the bargain by having the game go ahead. I'm not too sure. But moving on then. Right, so the game doesn't go ahead, Phil. The game doesn't go ahead, and we're all like, right, shit show, who cares? Let's move on. And then Brazil urged FIFA to stop these Premier League teams from playing. I think it's five Premier League teams affected, eight players in total. Stop them playing any of the Brazilian players, okay, in the Premier League this weekend because of the five-day rule, Okay. Now, I'm going to say something very, very stupid here. All right? Are Brazil playing it today, tomorrow? Is this where this is coming from? Um, I, I'm not sure if they're playing tonight now, but obviously none of the players, the bizarre thing is none of the players are over there. So this is this is the thing that kind of had me um, confused where it's not as if they're over in Brazil. They're they're with their clubs like this is just see this is the problem and this is just people wrestling for this is a power struggle yeah and you know it's it's concerning because obviously you hear then with fifa like you hear wenger coming out talking about having world cups every two years and that would be like the world cup is great because it's every four years and it's a you know one every four is is great but one every two then it doesn't become a special and like players are being run into the ground as it what is. What do you do with the Euros then? Euros is every four as well. Yeah, but if, so, the, if the World Cup's every two, yeah, so if you have the World Cup in 2000 and say, the last World Cup was 2018, right? So if you yeah. have about 18 and 20, the Euros is due in 20. So do they start clashing? They'll do a cosy little uh, odds and evens thing, won't they? And they'll have Euros every two years and 
World Cup. So every series will be a Euros or a World Cup. That's the way it's going to go. And, you know, even Phil, sorry for jumping in on your point, you're saying, you know, to to condense these tournaments isn't good. But FIFA have already started with, you know, lashing loads of teams into them as well. And that's just, the the, the spectacle of a World Cup isn't what it used to be. And I know when you're younger, you look at things differently and you enjoy things differently. But the reason behind that is because FIFA were making such a load of money that smaller countries were giving out. And saying, you're making all this money and we're not getting any of it. So it's to keep everybody sweet by saying, right, we'll put fucking 60 teams into a World Cup or whatever. 48 teams, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I know, the the whole FIFA thing is another another issue, but getting back to you, Phil. Like, Brazil, Brazil have this game. They know the players can't leave. That's what's happened in England. The UK have made that decision. The Premier League have made that decision. And they play the game, but they don't play the game because it doesn't happen. And now they're playing again. I think that I think Brazil do have a, a another qualifier. They're playing on Friday morning at like half one in the morning. Thursday Friday morning. morning. Friday morning. morning yeah. So basically, what they're saying is, is that these eight players, I think it's eight players from five clubs, um, that are affected because they haven't been released to play in this game on Friday. They should not be allowed to play till the following Wednesday or beyond that because that's the five day rule. Now they're urging FIFA to do this, and the word is Phil is that FIFA are a bit uneasy over this and urged yeah. the, the Premier League to to roll back. And the Premier League said, no, in the interest of our clubs and our, our league and our players, when we are telling our clubs not to release players to red-listed countries. Where does this go now, Phil? Because if, if FIFA turn around and say, okay, the five-day rule, because it is stand, the five-day rule does stand there for them reasons, and if Brazil have a point, what do the Premier League do? Yeah, the Premier League, I think the Premier League are going to try and hold, hold firm. And then... It's up to FIFA to make a decision. Um, but if, even if FIFA turn around to the Premier League and say you can't play them, like, can they really stop them? Can FIFA stop Premier League players? Or the Premier League from <coughs> they, they run their own they run their own league. Like so, are FIFA in a position to? They're in a position to recommend this is what you do. But the Premier League, I would imagine, would just say thanks very much for your recommendation. Um, uh, we'll uh, take that on board, but we won't be upholding that and uh, yeah it's it's up to the clubs what they want to do and obviously they want to play all the, the Brazilian players so it's the same thing will just keep happening because uh, like the case numbers are still quite high and mm. we've got an international break in a month yeah exactly and, and then the following month as well so the same yeah. thing this is why it is going to be interesting to see what happens because basically it'll set the tone for how things go for the next couple of months and it's just, it's unfortunate because the players want to play for their countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, you're, you know, when players go off and they play international games and you, you see they get injured and you're like, ah, oh, Jesus, like, you know. But look, players, if if you have international players in your squad, you have to expect that they're going to have to go off and play international games. Um, you know, that's, that's just the way football is. If you've no international players in your squad, then that would suggest you don't have a very good squad. So yeah. it's, it's part and parcel of it. It's uneasy when you hear of the, say, you see Harvey Elliott getting a, a knock on uh, under 21 duty, then Navi Keita, Jesus, like we haven't even talked about that, like that, that kind of stuff, like where you just think the international break complicates things, but it's not going anywhere. So like we just have to accept it, but. I don't know about the Premier League accepting FIFA's r- recommendation. I don't think they can because the Premier League are the ones that put this in place. You yeah. see, 
If, if this, this isn't a club against no, the but it's, this it's, is not, it's not even a government thing. Like Red Steve says, FIFA will back down and put money on it, right? I think more chance of the Brazilian FA backing down because if, if the Premier League turn around and say, right, all these clubs are, like somebody said in the chat there, we'll, we'll go to court over this and we'll run it through every court in the land and we'll cost you an absolute fortune. They, they'll back down because money, it's always money. But I don't think the Premier League can stop these players from playing at the weekend because the Premier League are the ones that made the decision. No player can... You can release them if you want, but you don't have to to a red list country because if they go away, they have to come back, they have to isolate for 10 days. And if they come back for 10 days, they're potentially missing two league games and a Champions League game, right, in the case of Liverpool. And the Premier League made this. If this was a government thing, if this was a government thing, right... The Premier League will probably have to go, well, the government have said it, and now this fucking government are having a go, and now we, we haven't got a leg to stand on because it's, it's above us, but they, the Premier League, have made the decision, and I know FIFA aren't happy with it. I, I'll put it to you this, put it to you this way, Keith, can you see those players playing this weekend? Because I can't. I would imagine so, but isn't the real, like, if they push the trail that if they play them, they get... Uh, they, they don't get the points or they automatically get a defeat or some shit yeah. like that. But that's if it's gone, you know, that's if it's a club going up against the the federation, whereas this mm-hmm. is the whole Premier League doing it. So that muddies the waters a bit. But I wonder, yeah, I, look, I can see them playing. I think the whole Brazilian thing, this whole nonsense about Richarlison being okay, you know, I think that absolutely dilutes the Brazilian argument yeah, beyond yeah. fucking, yeah. you know, any... Any fact, any leg they had to stand on, I think it's diluted by that. But I wonder, will it put pressure on the government to sort of, and they, I know they wouldn't, but with all these internationals coming up, if the same thing happens again, will the government have to step in and give exemptions to, you know, sporting athletes or whatever going, going to these countries and not having to... Isolate. Not having to to isolate when they come back because, you know, the Brazilians are well known for this. You know, they're always threatening about the five day real Brazilian FA. Like they they ones that they they feel they have um, an awful lot of poke that they can do this um, in Brazil, and I don't think it goes away. I don't think I think if the Brazilian FA or the Brazilians were to back down now. That doesn't mean they're gone away for good. I think that's just right. We're going to sharpen our noise and we're going to come back again. So I think it might come down to the government having to make an, exe- an exemption for them. Yeah, yeah. How likely right. that is. How likely is, I don't know, because we didn't want to part of that. But as I say, it's at the end of the day, um, yeah, as you say, Liverpool play Leeds and we're going to miss um, Fabinho. We can do without, really. We could just put another midfield in there. Not that we could do without, but it, it's uh, you'd manage to miss um, Alisson is huge. You know, but we also have the AC Milan, isn't it, in the week? Mm. And we're going to be missing the, these players as well. So no, it, it's they'd, affecting they'd all, everything. They'd, they'd be all right. They'd be all right for, um, they'd be all right for AC Milan. Would they? Yeah, they'd be okay for AC Milan, yeah. It's only the league game that's the issue. If they're five days, yeah, I know. But I, I, I don't think it? I don't think it's five days from the game. I think it's it, it's five days from a certain point. Um, and I think we're okay. We're, we're playing. We're playing Wednesday, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're okay. We're alright. Um, whatever way it works, we'd be okay. It's not. It's. It's. I don't think it affects that. But but you're right in what you're saying. Like the government, you see, if the government, if the government said. They're free to travel, right? And then the and the Premier League said, "No, we're not letting them." 
then they're in trouble. But this, you know, it's it's the Premier League have made this decision. Yeah, it's not it's not like they're going against somebody and then they haven't got yeah. a leg to stand on when they come back. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, everything is fine, but you're just doing this because because you want to do this. Do you know what I mean? The government aren't openly letting you go somewhere and come back and not quarantine. Like if the government turned around and said, you can come back without quarantine and the, the Premier League turned around and went, well, we're still doing no red list countries, right? I don't care. We're not, do- we're not doing red. Then they'd be in trouble because yeah. basically they're going against their government, right? And then it'll be a case of, well, hold on, your government are okay with this. So you're just making this decision to keep your players for your own benefit. Now, the, the Premier League are doing that anyway. But what yeah. the Premier League are saying is, is that if you if the government if the government's protocol is it's okay and we go against it fair enough but it's not that it's not that and the Premier League are acting on red list country government aren't fucking saying a word we're making that decision but we'll have to wait and see somebody made a great point though lucky we're playing Sunday because yeah uh, that's what I was going to say who's the first team up Man City Man, or Manchester United as well Manchester yeah, United are early on club. Saturday aren't they against Newcastle no their spores are early on against Palace on Saturday is, is United not playing early? They're on a tree. They're oh, both right. playing We're a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but um, I I can't like. So what did he do then, right? If if Liverpool play Allison and Fabinho and Rafinha plays for Leeds, how do you give both teams a, a defeat? Yeah, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you give both, both teams a defeat? It's yeah, it's, that's that that could work in their favour. The bizarre thing is, like Allison played, he played one game. Was it a Cop America? Ederson yeah. ended up. Fabinho doesn't get into the team. Obviously, Firmino's injured. Rafinha was called up for the first time, and so. But as Kate said, the the Richardson thing makes a mockery of it because it's just like they're spoiled little kids throwing their toys out of the prams. Like, yeah, you know, we we like Everton because they're nice to us, but we don't like the rest of you because you're big meanies and we're not letting our players play. It just looks looks ridiculous. But there is talk now. So if there's no Ederson, um, Stefan, the subkeeper, is um, he tested positive for COVID. Yeah. Scott Carson could be in goal for City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> but, 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 but going, look, that's what you're getting to. You know what I mean? That's that, that's absolutely what you're getting to. And it's just madness. But the, the, the Richardson thing is, is so weird. Why he said that is beyond me. Because basically what they're saying is, is that the Premier League have made a rule about all their players because their country is red listed. And we're going to f- fight back with this by saying, right, ban them all for five days, but not Richarlison, because even though he didn't show up and Everton play in the Premier League, he went to the Copa America and he went to the Olympics, so he's okay. You can't do that. That'd be like, that'd be like the Premier League, if you reverse it, the Premier League saying, and this isn't because it's Everton, it's like, if, if, if they turned around and said, right, Everton, City and Leeds are on this way, but we like Liverpool, you'd be turning around, oh, that's just yeah. a fucking farce. But if you switch it around and said, right, Brazil, you can have players from Everton and Leeds um, because we like we don't like Everton and Leeds, so we're sending their players over. But, you know, City and Liverpool are our darlings, so we're going to keep our players here to protect them from our product going into next Saturday. They'd be fucking killings over. It's yeah. it, They may have got somewhere, but when they start saying Richardson is okay, you know, well, we're not going to tear them over the one because Richardson won the Olympics with us. It's... Mm. It's fucking. It's it's absolute madness. I I'd be amazed if those players don't play at the weekend. Absolutely and utterly amazed. And and you know something, it's. I would fully expect. I'd hope that the Premier League come out sometime tomorrow, um, latest Friday afternoon and said them players are playing, and this is the reasons why. And you know the reasons. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, 
Brazil can't overlook what's going on with COVID in their country for the sake of a football game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the end of it. We, like, we've had this for 18 months in Ireland and the UK and across Europe and the world. We've had this where you can't go here. It's simple things. You can't go on holiday. You couldn't go five kilometres from your house at one stage, two kilometres at another stage. So they can't turn around and go, well, this football match is more important than the health and safety of these players. And we have to understand that. It's a red list country because of the amount of cases and the amount of deaths or wherever it might be and the, how it's spreading in that country. Do you know what I'm saying? It'd be a different issue if oh, fucking England wouldn't release their players into Ireland to play during the week because we're not a red list country. But it's absolutely, it's, I just can't get over also, it. Also, the fact that they're departing the four Argentinian players coming from the UK, but they want the Brazilian players coming from the UK, do you know, like it's, it's so bleeding. Yeah. Everything about it is weird. Everything about this whole thing stinks. And that's why I think FIFA need to be they don't want this. Infantino doesn't need this sort of headache. You know what I mean? And he's going to have to sort it out. He's going to have to do something. You know what I mean? He can't put his head in the sand over it. I think, Gavi, you're right. The Premier League need to come out with a strong statement on this and do it soon because teams have to prepare. You know, Liverpool have to prepare with Adrian or Keller and goal, but City will have to do it with Scott Carson. Well, or they'll have to prepare it, it with their on, first team. Yeah, but it's on the Premier League because if, yeah. if the Premier League had kept their mouth shut on this and the British government said, you're not allowed to go. You're not allowed to travel to that country. The Premier League w- w- and Brazil kicked up. The Premier League could easily turn around and go, well, it's not our decision. You know, it's not our decision and they're having a go now and it's actually not, it's between the Brazilian FA, our own government and FIFA and we'll have to go with that. I know they run their own enterprise, the Premier League, but still, the FA in, in England will have something to say over it and have yeah. to talk to their government about it. But, the pl- you said earlier, Phil, what was the plan with the Argentinian players? How did the Argentinian players so we weren't releasing players to Brazil because it's a red list country. How were those Argentinian players getting out of the Premier League to go to play in Brazil and come back without anything affecting them? Are you saying they're going to go to a different country, test negative? They were going to go to, I know they were coming back to Croatia and they were going to, that's how they're going to get back into England. But the the problem is the fact that they went, they went against their clubs, yeah. the, the Argentinian players. They said, now we're going, we want to play in this game. Um, mm. So I don't know how that was received in, in Aston Villa and in Tottenham with the with the four players going. But as I said, it makes um, an absolute mockery that they obviously went over and yeah, the, obviously we're told that they they made up a few lies on their their forms, or whatever. But the Brazilian FA would have known these lads were in the squad. Was it a case that they just had to check as soon as they saw them on the pitch? They were like, right now we can actually lift them. Because we, you know, they were named in the squad, but they mightn't start them and they mightn't actually be in the ground. But surely they would have seen them coming to the ground and said, they all have to have accreditation. They all have to be mm. accounted for. So, yeah. uh, so it's just, it's one big mess and there's so many contradictions to it. So that, I, that's why I think it'll get sorted. The Premier League, in terms of the managers, they'll start doing their press conferences tomorrow for weekend games. Yeah, Clock right. does his on a Friday. But as soon as you start getting Premier League managers, that question is going to be asked all the Premier League managers. So I'd be very surprised if the Premier League don't get release some sort of a, a statement tomorrow yeah. where they they basically let us know what the what the story is. Because yeah, Jurgen Klopp and Marcelo Bielsa need to know if they can pick these players. And yeah, I'd be very surprised if they if they weren't playing at the weekend. 
but but the thing is, they're going to plan for these players. They're going to plan, and they are going to pick them until they're told differently. Because it's only the Brazilian FA urging FIFA to do something. FIFA would have to turn then to the English FA and in turn to the Premier League and go, "That's the five day rule, and and that's it." Now the Premier League, you know, I think the, I, the, it's all on the Premier League now. The Premier League have to stand up and go, "No, yeah. we we made this decision based on the health and safety of these players." Now it is a bit. The water's a bit murky for me that they can Argentinians can leave, right, and go back to Croatia, test negative, and come in to the UK. You know what I mean? Because you, they're literally going from Brazil to Croatia, and that's that's an okay country to come in from. You know what I mean? They're not tracing them in that way. That that that's a bit murky for me. And the argument there from the Brazilian FA could have been, well, why can't air players go off to Croatia after this and test negative and come back in? Yeah, it's a bizarre one as well with Croatia because I was obviously over there a few weeks ago, and you know they're in the EU, but chatting to people from England that were over there, even if they were, if they had had COVID previously, or even if they were double, double jabbed, they still had to get tests to get back into the UK from Croatia. Yeah. Even though all we needed was our pass, just go to the airport, scan it, and we were all good. So that's why there wasn't actually that many English people in Croatia. So that, that, that kind of surprised me. And I see a text in from Dan there saying Buendia was apparently given permission. He was the only one that wasn't actually in the squad then. Yeah. He wasn't in the... So, yeah, it's it's an absolute mess. And look, I know the, the whole Laura, 18 months has Laura Duffy is saying Laura Duffy is saying there that the Argentines have to stay in Croatia for 10 days. Now, if that's true, that, that comes back onto the Premier League again by saying that's, that, that strengthens the Premier League's argument by saying, look, you're sending the players off that we're paying every single week to spend fucking three weeks away from us or two weeks away from us. It's it's absolutely um it's absolutely insane what's going on. It should be very, fairly fucking straightforward. If it's a red list country, you don't go. And but you're probably going to need something from the British government and the Premier League tomorrow on this. You know, I don't really see the problem though. With if they're going to play in South America, surely. They can just get all the tests done, you know, testing every day, and basically they come back and they can't be cleared to play until they they test, they, mm. they return their their negative tests or whatever. And um, like this is you know this is football at the highest level. Like surely they can organize organize that. Yeah, um, I wonder as well before we move off this, if they are to stay in uh, Croatia for 10 days if the clubs are sort of sanctioning coaches to go over and train them because it wasn't Klopp's issue about this and, and a lot of them was the players get fucked into a holiday inn in the airport or wherever when they come in it's not like they go to a spa hotel where they can sort of retain their fitness they literally have to do what any of us three would have to do and sit in a hotel do you know what I mean? So unless they probably do have to stay 10 days in Croatia, but they can train and they can sort of keep their fitness up. Do you know what I mean? It could be something along those lines. Whereas if they were to go straight to England, it's straight into a hotel and doesn't that they lose the fitness and the, the muscle mass, I think Klopp said. So it could be something along those lines. Shane Downs is, is making threats here. He says, don't pick any of these as your losers, please. Now we're off Argentina, Brazil and and the Premier League and all that, um, but it is it's 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 a mad one, and and you know what? Some people blaming the, the Premier League saying for sticking their nose in, others are saying no, you know. And, and I I I kind of go along with that because if I if if I wanted to go to Brazil tomorrow, and it's a red list country, you know, I'd have a decision to make 
where do I go because I'm not going to be able to, when I come back, I'm going to have to do this and I'm going to have to do that. It's the same for football clubs. They have to make that decision. And like if my employer turned around and went, listen, if you go there, I'm going to, you're going to be gone for the time you're gone. I'm going to miss you 10 days beyond that. And it's a red list country. The policy is, you know, that you don't have to go. We don't have to release you. you yeah, fine. That's that's how it works at the moment. That's just the way life is. It's it's a bit of a weird one, but I, I think we're going to have to wait and see now. Um, we're going to have to wait and see because it's all in the Premier League now because they made that decision. I did read today about FIFA being a bit uneasy about that and did try to talk to them and the FA stood their ground and or the Premier League. And the Premier League aren't standing their ground without, the, for, in my opinion, the support of the clubs and the clubs having some sort of dialogue with the Premier League and going, listen, we're going to make this decision. Are you okay with that? Are we all going to back each other? Because yeah. they all do. You know, like, that has to be the key. Yeah, they're all rivals, but like at the end of the day, they all sit around the table every every couple of weeks and they all chat. They, you know, it's all they're all business partners at the end of the day. That's the truth of it. So it's a bit of a weird one. Um, quickly, I want two or three minutes on this. Keith, how many of the new Liverpool tour jerseys are you going to purchase um, in the next week or so? Because you know, it's marmite. People either love it or hate it. And it's blown my mind how much opinion there is on a football jersey, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I'm going to buy seven of them. Just one for each day of the week. Um, look, I, I think it's crazy the reaction to jerseys by people that don't buy or wear jerseys. Do you know what I mean? My take on, you know... Yellow jersey. I don't like yellow jerseys. Liverpool, even the old ones, the classic ones. I don't like ah, them. the I one with the red pinstripe was beautiful. Yeah, that's the, the red pinstripe's good. Mm. I wouldn't wear it. Do you know what I mean? Um, the, the last few they've had, the Warrior one, the Adidas one. It just uh, yellow jerseys. They just they're not my cup of tea for Liverpool personally. I think Liverpool. Um, I prefer green as a tour option or black than yellow personally myself. With white, um, but I. People are going mad because the checker, the the checkered collar, and and the behind the sleeves. We had the same thing last year with Nike with the, the home jersey because I had a V on the back, and people are going ape shit over that. And when you get it and you see it, it looks grand. It's, you know, it's fine. We had it with the 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 greeny thing last year as well. That was it looked like waves and all that. People are going mad. The turquoise one, going mad about that it was grand. We had it with the black one with the checkers, the Aston Villa 7-2 job. It was fine. This year, again, the pink, people go mad. You see it, it's not pink at all. It's like a, an orangey, corally colour. And the the acrylic one, which I did buy, I thought was lovely, the, the new away kit. You know, people go mad that don't buy them. Do you know what I mean? I don't wear them. My son would wear fucking any of the Liverpool jerseys. And that's who I'd be buying it for. And that's who... The target market is for people who buy them and are interested. We people lose their shit over there who don't buy them is just a bit mad to me. Do you know what I mean? Each their own and all. But if you don't buy them, don't get annoyed when Liverpool. And another thing, but slightly off topic, is when people give out about the price of them. Standard price across all teams by Nike. Do you know what I mean? It's not like Liverpool are oh, charging 140 euro to buy this yellow thing. Well, they don't, you know, that's the standard price for a Nike Vapor jersey or whatever. And, you know, the same for sports, the same for Chelsea, the same for other Nike clubs. And people just lose their shit over jerseys. You're not being forced to buy it. If you like it and you do buy them, buy it. If you don't, don't. But I just think it's crazy. And I like jerseys and kits and all, you know, and I just think it's mad how people react. Well, I have to be honest. Um, 
I can't remember. The, I, I think the last time I bought a Liverpool jersey, we're well, probably going back six or seven years. I only bought one because I was buying one for my daughter. So we'd have this matching one. Um, it was black. Um, it was the black one. With kind of, it was just all black, I think. Um, that's how long ago it's been. Um, I don't get too fussed over them. Um, I do like the yellow. I like the yellow with the red, the, the pinstripe from the, say, 80s. You know, yeah, King Kenny, was, yeah. Yeah, and, and the pinstripe. I thought they were beautiful. And the, do you remember that red one with the white pinstripe? I love. But, like, I don't pay any attention to what Liverpool, colour Liverpool are playing in. Like, put it this way, Liverpool go and win away at Manchester United in a yellow jersey and win 4 0. I'm not going to go. Oh, yeah, fuck the jersey shit, yeah. innit? You know, the sort of way. And that's just me. That's just the way I am. But I do get where people are coming from. It looks a bit of a lazy design for me. And, you know, you do all see all these concept kits and people go mad with the concept kits because the the starter pack for a concept kit is red or yellow or whatever Liverpool colour. Stick Adidas on it because Adidas will always get you the hits. Yeah. And then they were, I did see a beautiful one, though. It was a, a concept kit, Nike, red or green and white. It was beautiful, and your man even had like Van Dyke photoshopped into it. it. Looked amazing, but overall for me, it's just a jersey. You know what I mean? And and many times will they wear it because yeah. the red and many does a clash with, it. and the ecru whatever colour you call that, I think could be used against most teams after that. The yellow, it's a tour jersey. We'll see, but I'm not really bothered. Phil, are you buying? Yeah. No, but like the the thing that really cracks me up about the jerseys is. If Liverpool lose a game in that yellow jersey, it'll be, it'll be almost like there'll be stats on how many games Liverpool yeah. played in this jersey, uh, you know, how many games they lost, their win percentage record, like so much made of it. Now, the only thing that annoys me some members about jerseys is an unnecessary change of strip when you don't need it. Like imagine now Liverpool wore the yellow kit against Leeds on Sunday. Mm, yeah, it'd be, it'd be, you'd be just. That annoys me now because you'd be like, just wear your, you wear your red. Yeah. Um, there's no, there's yeah. no clash. And we do see that. We do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. You see it just to remind people that they're wearing this kit. And obviously, sometimes you get the, uh, we saw it in a preseason game as well this season yeah. or at the, the, the mix match of, uh, Melania, was it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But yeah, like I, I, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be losing sleep. Like if there was, if there's a few Liverpool fans in the office, and they're, oh, did you see the new Liverpool jersey? It's horrible. I was like, I really don't care. Like I, I was just happy to see Minamino got picked. Yeah. <laughs> so it might be the only time we see him in a Liverpool jersey this season. Uh, he red, looked well, and I didn't. He looked well. Yeah, I loved him in the booker, ha, Minamino. Yeah. Uh, red Steve says Gav's a part-time fan. If he hasn't got time to hate night kits after a win, <laughs> okay, I'll try my best. To um, I'll try myself to bring myself down after a win if we wear that yellow kit, Red yeah. Steve. Um, Red Steve hates me. He just constantly <laughs> has a goal. Me, look, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be waiting for him. Um, Phil Casey's born, or is it? I don't know. He hates me. Red Steve does. Uh, Krellen, uh, with a super chat, he says, "I love the kit as much as Phil loves Harry Kane." Mm, okay, he doesn't like that kit. Um, but do you know what the, the thing? Do you know what the thing is with the yellow kit? Everyone's going mad, as I said about the the red and yellow checker, and yeah. they come out and they say, and the, all the the promo and all is the the flag behind. You know the red and white check mm. flag, which is very distinctive to Liverpool, and people are still going mad over it. You know what I mean? Like they always do something, and they'll explain, oh, this is based on this kind, whether it's right or wrong. You know what I mean? This is what the, the reasoning for it. And people go fucking mad. They lose the shit over it, and it just doesn't make any sense at all. If I if I'm if I'm designing a Liverpool jersey, uh, a yellow one, 
I'm genuinely just putting a red pinstripe down. <laughs> I genuinely am. Just put a red pinstripe down and lash your, lash your fucking thing on it. And you'll sell it. Because what I find with people is that they want something different. But if that come, if it, if it is too different, they want something that they're used to. Do you know what I mean? And they go back to put the pinstripe on and just leave it plain yellow. You'll never like please that. everyone. You know, like the, that's, and, that's and, it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the reason why the red one, um, the last one from, was it the last? No, the, not the last one for the New Balance, the one before that. Um, the really the dark lead. blood red. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's why that was a huge hit because it was fairly plain with that collar on it. You know what I mean? And it was just um, really plain and, and people liked it. You know, it's just it's 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 a mad scene. Um, the, the Jersey scene, isn't it? It's it's a mad yeah. scene altogether. But I just wanted to see what you thought of it. Right. Um, it's ten to eleven, so we're gonna go for another fifteen minutes. Winners and losers. We're gonna do them quick. But I do have um, I do have one in here, and I want to. I'm, I'm gonna throw what I feel. Um, because let's kick it off, right? But Shane reckons, Phil, right? Shane yeah. reckons that the loser is the ref against Ireland for Portugal. He was a disgrace. Is he a loser of the week for you? Ah, oh, jeez, I'd forgotten about him because it was this. <laughs> it was this day last week that Ireland played Portugal, and uh, I, do you know what? I wouldn't be one for moaning about referees because yeah. look, Portugal could have won that game by a few goals if Ronaldo scores the penalty. And funny yeah. enough, actually, Ronaldo didn't play at the weekend, and Bruno Fernandes took a penalty and he scored against Qatar. But they they could have won. But the fact that is Ireland were winning, I think it was the bit, the moment that just absolutely annoyed the shit out of everyone was when he apologized for booking Ronaldo because Ronaldo yeah. took his jersey yeah. off when he, it was and I'm sure photos will emerge in, in the future of the referee with Ronaldo after the game on his, his moment of, of history yeah. so yeah now that referee and I actually I was getting stick off United fans the day after because I mentioned and it was it was nothing to do with the fact he he had ref United and Leipzig in the Champions League last season, and I mentioned it. It wasn't a case that this guy was saying to me, "Why are you mentioning United?" Because like, he's. I was just pointing out that he does Champions League games. He's at a certain standard, yeah. and I was almost hoping as well the fact that I referenced United Leipzig. Did anything spring to mind? Did anyone say actually I remember him? He was brutal. He was terrible in that match. There was well, loads I mean, of dodgy like, ones in that. Well, United won five 0 in that game, so. I, um, Oh, was that the Old Trafford game? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I was thinking of the other one when they were. There was loads of decisions. Yeah, sorry. Course, um, I'd be interested to see what he's like in other games now because it could like. And if if he's a good referee and he had an off night because of Ronaldo, then that proves the point of a lot of Irish fans that he completely got overawed by the occasion it, and he it, wanted to be part of history. I I watched the highlights. Um, and it was literally like, you know, it reminded me of like something like the WWE, you know, the way like the referee gets involved and yeah. it's all scripted and he's like, and I was like, is this fucking actually happening? Like, Ronaldo yeah. gives a fella a slap, nothing happens. Um, he's just given, and then five minutes injury time, wasn't it? Six minutes in, yeah. keep going, keep going. Yeah. And then he's, like you said, he's, he's booking him and smiling at him and apologizing to him. You know, absolutely mad stuff. But You got the impression that he would have played on until, you know, if I had yeah. gone to seven minutes, he would have played on in that game. And it and it, it does sound like sour grapes, like, you know, because cause Ireland got beaten. But it genuinely, like, I know a lot of our listeners maybe aren't Irish, they're whatever, UK-based or whatever else. And um, they wouldn't have seen the game or probably seen a lot of the stuff. But, like, 
it, I know we're moaning about our ref here and it, it always sounds a bit iffy when you do that, but it really was like Phil touched on it there. If you saw him like the a big apologetic face when he's booking Ronaldo. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and you're right, there's gonna be pictures of him in the changing room with his arm around him, getting his photo and all that, because it, it just didn't seem right the way he was reffing it. Now yeah. it feels right, Portugal battered him, you know, and, and, and Ireland played very well because they were up against it and they were putting their bodies on the line. Um, and you know, Portugal were, were going and going. But it did have that air that that game would have gone on for another two minutes if Ronaldo hadn't scored that. He wasn't gonna blow it up, and then as soon as he scores it, tip off boom whistle gone yeah, yeah, it was yeah. I, I was kind of thinking even if Ronaldo didn't get the header the ref will come up and head it in yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it's like something you'd see in, a, in an ad like a, a comedy yeah. sketch John Smith or something, yeah, yeah. Uh, Owen Burke says the only thing the ref didn't do was kick the ball in there and there um, Antio Chill I think that's that. Has, has he changed his name? He used to be someone different I think the loser of the week of the disgraceful racist that hit in the Hungarian crowd listen I can't get over what goes on in Hungary and how it just continues to go on and nobody seems to do anything about it. You know, they're not only do they not do anything about it, Gab, they seem to enable it like with regards to the rainbow like armbands yeah. and things like that. It's not only the racist, the homophobia yeah, and all it's, that. It's, it's ridiculous <laughs> and, and there's no place for it and, and there was a good shot on um I think it was the Canada show last Thursday. Um, Chris Pajak from Redman and, and Callum and stuff were talking about it and, and most Stewart from the Anfield Rap and they put it brilliantly if you go back and, and watch them um, they put it they put it brilliantly my winner of the week can I start with a winner? yeah come Arsenal Football Club didn't uh-huh. have to play um, didn't lose a game um, so Arsenal are my winners of the week um, surprisingly enough um, I did see them linked again with Antonio Conte and I thought they won't have the balls to do it and um, they'll continue on with um Mikel Arteta but winner of the week for me um, can I uh, do you know what Arsenal that was a joke I'm only messing with Arsenal the winner of the week for me and it's not even football based it just blew me away this week was um, Leona Maguire the Irish golfer at the Solheim Cup um, for you people that watch this show know I love golf and I was absolutely glued to the Solheim Cup right and mainly yeah, because of this girl because she's kind of come on the scene in the last yeah. in the my thing in the last year or two um, she was a brilliant amateur. I think she held the, the longest number one. She was number one for the longest amount of time as an amateur. And she kind of came into my so you know, probably about a year and a half ago, I'd say. I just kind of kept an eye on her, kept an eye on her. And then I seen, oh, she's in the Solheim Cup and I watched. And she's my winner of the week. Uh, Europe as a team going out yeah. to, to win the Solheim Cup against the American golf fans are just, they do me head in. But they were absolutely brilliant. And... Um, Leona Maguire, four and a half points out of five for someone playing the fourth Ryder Cup. I have to give her a shout out because you know I love. I thought you'd be up. A, I thought you'd be in Cavan tonight. To no, I wasn't back. there last night. That's why I look a bit rough. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I have to say I was absolutely bad for the golf, and it was unbelievable. And the standard of play was unbelievable from both sides. In fairness, yeah. But Leona Maguire to turn up there as if she owned the place and was just going and you know what I loved about it she was she, she held a putt on the fourth day the fourth session the fourth day it was about six <laughs> foot and she just stood over it banged it in and literally just fist pumping and ran to her mate like you know as if yes and she just kept doing it and I was kind of saying to myself she's going to start annoying these Americans and then I got fully on board with it yeah jump around when you win and all you know it was a real act of defiance um, from her and I, I loved it so she's definitely my winner of the week along with the European team anyone want, want to share a winner? I'll, I'll, I'll fill you go. You go, you sound like you have. Yeah, well, I think I, I was in the Aviva last night and um, 
Gavin Bazunu, lads. Like, that was my winner. I fucking wish I'd have gone first. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, we can we can we can share we can share winners. Yeah. Like he oh, he was just unbelievable, and I I I don't want to say that. Quivian Kelleher is a loser, but it must be so hard for him watching now because Bazunu is getting ahead of him because he's playing. And he look, he's playing in League One. Now, he won't be playing yeah. in League One for long. We know he's on no. the books at Manchester City. Mm-hmm. He's on loan. But, you know, he, he obviously saved Ronaldo's penalty last week. And he had one moment as well last week in um, the Algarve where he let a ball slip and he recovered. But watching him last night... Um, the saves, but also, like, I remember this lad as a 16-year-old when he saved that penalty for Rovers in Turner's Cross. Yeah. And now you look at him, and he's just stretched. He's getting bigger and bigger. And he's an absolute he's, monster. He's got so, And he's got such a great temperament. But there was one moment last night, so I was behind the goal that he would have been playing out of in the first half. So I was behind the goal that both goals were scored into. Mm-hmm. But in the second half, he pinged the ball at Adamita. And honestly, it was like a laser. It was just, yeah. it was unbelievable. Just the trajectory of it was just, he absolutely pinged it. And I just thought this lad is just going to be an absolute superstar. And I wonder, will somebody mention his name to Pep Guardiola this week at his press conference? Will they say, you've got your young keeper, 19-year-old, out and out at Portsmouth. Don't know if you saw him, Pep, get man of the match for, for Ireland against Serbia. And I'd be interested to see what they think of him. But, Obviously, Ederson has signed the long-term contract there. Um, and we know goalkeepers can go on for a, a long time. But Bizzouni looks like he's got um, the world at his feet. He, he's absolutely sensational. Bizzouni is a phenomenal goalkeeper and always has been. You know, I'm I'm a Rovers fan um, and I know of him since he's really, really young. And people at Rovers that I know know of him even longer since he's nine, eight, nine years of age and just said he's a phenomenal talent. He, he plays for Rovers. I think he plays four games for Rovers. I think he keeps four, four clean sheets, saves a penalty. <clears throat> like you said, late on down in Turner's Cross against Cork, who were a good Cork City side at the, at the time. Um, and anyone I've spoken to that know him more than I would from just seeing him playing at Rovers said he's just, he has everything. He yeah. has everything. He He's physically, he's just, you see him, like if you go back two, three years and look at him. He was 16 when he, when he, when he made his debut at Rovers and people are like, what, the, what is going on? 16 year old, but he, he just yeah. looked like, just looked like a goalkeeper. You'd see, he's just, but then now you see him and like, you see him doing an interview last night and he's just, he's like fucking Anthony Joshua standing there to the size him, you know? Yeah. And, but not only that, really good with his feet, confident, good shot stopper, good decision maker. He's a massive presence now. And I think that's a huge thing for him. And, and um, I don't know what I don't know what C would do, but if I'm Gavin Bazuna over the next year to eighteen months, I'm I'm knocking on someone's door and saying, "Is there a chance for me here?" Because to be clubs, if he keeps the way he's going, to be clubs absolutely lining up around the corner to come and get him because he looks like he has a. a the big thing for me is his temperament. Temperament because you do see keepers, they're great shot stoppers, or you know they're good with their feet or a bit of both. But this fella just looks like so cool about everything he does. But I think he, he absolutely brilliant. He's definitely a winner of the week, Keith. Yeah, no, 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 it was Bizzouni, but I was looking at the Irish sort of team in general, and even though it's it's a pretty shitty time for Irish football, Stephen Kenny is getting lashed over, and, you know, I don't think you could put many managers in there to, to deal much with the, the pool of players that maybe he has at his disposal, just because of the, the level that a lot of them are playing at, but... 
there is sort of green shoots coming through there and Bazunu sort of going in. And look, Quiven Kelleher is a very talented goalkeeper, but if he's not playing fourth team football, he will be behind he'll be behind other goalkeepers who are playing regular. But Ireland now have a situation where they've got two really good young goalkeepers there. And it's excellent to have, but they've also got other players throughout the team. I mean, John Egan is starting to really come of age in that team as well. And I know he's he's an older player and he's been around for a while, but he's starting to. I think he won the Irish Player of the Year again this year. Did he? Phil, he, did, yeah. he won yeah, that. You know, and yeah. that's that's a good sign. And the the young player, um, Ahmed, Ahmed, Ahmed De Bella, okay. is it? No, Amo Bami Daly. Amo Bami Daly. Yeah. He, actually, like he looks a great young talent as he, well. Again, he's got the problem he has now is he's at Norwich. He played a bit in the championship last season. And Norwich are after bringing in Ozan Kabak. So yeah. does that, that makes him, it makes it, he's getting further away from the first team. Adam Ida as well, playing for Norwich, yeah. has played more senior football for Ireland than he has for his club. So that's the problem with a lot of these young Irish players that, they're not getting a, a game, but I, I would wonder what Cuevin Kelleher has made of it all, where he's sitting on the bench. And look, the goalkeepers have a great bond together because they train together and they're happy for each other. And mm. um, I'd say he's looking going, like, do I need to get out? But Liverpool are not going to let him go because Klopp is thinking, I'm not letting him go because he's better than Adrian. Yeah, yeah but the, the only thing I would say is that with them both being your goalkeepers, this situation could easily change in six months, as good as yeah. I rate Bazuna. Yeah. Um, and, and as much as I rate Cuevan, Cuevan Kelleher, in six months' time, Portsmouth could be having a terrible time and he could be part of that, you know, and Kelleher could have been getting games in the Cups for Liverpool or maybe, you know, Alisson has been, has had injuries and stuff like that over the last couple of years and it could change. He could come into an international break where Kelleher gets the nod because... Portsmouth aren't doing well, but Zuna isn't isn't is part of that. And we're having this conversation in in a couple of international breaks where we're going, who do you pick now? You know, yeah. to sort the way. So it, 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 there is swings and roundabouts with it, but um, they're both two fantastic goalkeepers. And but how that 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 young lad has shown himself over the last week or, or so is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. and even great. like that, there was twenty five thousand there last night, but the place was absolutely rocking. Like I, I was in work today now, and geez, my voice is in bits. Like I let some roar when they when Ireland scored, and then Amabama Daly had the chance at the end where Bazunu fizz one out to him. He takes it on the turn and um, starts a move, and like these lads are nineteen playing in. In front of a crowd, really. Okay, they played against Azerbaijan. Now, Omar Daly didn't play against Azerbaijan, but like they're just taking it in their stride. Like nineteen, I, I just, I'm always in awe of of young sports stars when they come onto a scene and they just absolutely boss it. Where they just, they look like they belong there, and they're sometimes they're just fearless. Maybe they say like when you get older and you know you're getting to the end, where actually you could be more nervous because. You think this could be last chance to lose, yeah. whereas these lads are just starting out in their journey. Mm. It's um, it's interesting, and, and like there's probably a discussion to be had um, some other time with regards to the Irish setup and the manager and, and what players he's bringing in. And like you said, they look a bit fearless, which is a good thing. But um, there's a whole much bigger argument or a much bigger conversation, I think, to be had around that. Um, five minutes to go. Any winners or losers in the chat? Throw them in. Keith, do you want to give us a winner or a loser? 
Uh, oh, let me think. I will see. I, I had me lose down as the Brazilian FA, but we've sort of gone through all that. Yeah, um, that. So we won't go back to that. But that that was sort of what I was looking at as Brazil as the losers, and then the sort of the, the green shields coming out of Ireland as the winners. But um, we could look at maybe um, Wojciech Chesney having a stinker <laughs> for Poland <laughs> against the great Fields mate, the great Harry Kane. Ah, what a what a player! He's better than Robert Lewandowski now because he scored. Yeah, and Lewandowski didn't score. That's yeah, how that's it goes. How it but it was built. It was built up before the game. Harry Kane versus Robert Lewandowski, as if it was just the two of them on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, doing like shooting drills. Yeah. <laughs> oh Christ! Now, in fairness, look, he he struck it well, but he like Harry Kane was dreadful tonight, and then he got the goal, and everyone go, well, that's what he's there for. But um, yeah, it was poor goalkeeping. The goalkeeper is poor. I think it's, he, he sees it for 30 yards and it, it moves about a foot and he should be saving it. Roy Keane said it afterwards. He said the top class goalkeeper just says that. Um, but you're going for, was like Chesney? Is that right, Keith? Yeah, well. Like, Any winners? Yeah. Are you in bad form? No, me winners were the Irish Shunflas. Okay. They, they, they were me winners. Okay. Um, see, a, a lot of the stuff that annoyed me was their reaction to Liverpool jerseys and shit like that, you know. So we've, we've done all that. We've done all that to death. But I'm just interested looking at Chesney and um, he's still at Juventus. I'm yeah. assuming he doesn't get a sniff there, does he? Phil, you might know more. Does he yeah, know? he does. He plays. That's the bizarre thing. He plays. Like, Did they not replace I- him now? Like he came oh, no, in, they didn't remember, get on a Roma. Yeah, that's right. They didn't no, get. Remember, on remember, Buffon obviously was kind yeah. of coming towards the end, and then he left and he went to PSG. And Chesney was playing, and you're like, yeah, like obviously at this that they were still winning league titles, but they didn't win last season. But never rated them. Like the yeah. problem with a with a goalkeeper that thinks they're better than they are, you always have an issue. And I always got that with him. I remember also as well, like he he had a a real arrogance about him. We played them in Warsaw. Ireland played them in Warsaw in 2015. We lost to them. He wasn't actually starting that night. So it must have been Fabianski. But he walked by in the mix zone and he had his little suitcase. And I asked him, it's like Wojciech, I probably pronounced it wrong. Um, and I said, could I have a quick word? And he just looked at me as in, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, why yeah. would I stop we're in the mix talk zone, to you? We're, 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 yeah. That's what we do. We yeah. hang out here. Yeah. But yeah. then again, like you could have been worried to... Fucking Polish HSE were coming in to take him away because he yeah. hasn't had his vaccine because that's how it works on football grounds now. Yeah. So I uh, well, look he uh, to be honest, getting blanked in the mix zone is a is a regular occurrence. Um, <laughs> remember Ireland played Holland before we went off to the Euros and Van Dijk was playing for the Dutch and they hadn't qualified. Yeah. And somebody asked him, he walked into the mix zone and it was the first time I'd seen him in person. And I was just looking and going, holy shit. Like, he is, like, I know you, you see him on the pitch, and he, but to actually stand beside him, and someone asked him, uh, Virgil, and he just looked, and he's like, um, why? Like, why should, why would, why do I have to talk to you? He was pissed off because the Dutch weren't going, and basically there was a party atmosphere at the, the Aviva because we were getting ready to go to the Euros. Um, Nathaniel Klein, he blanked me after a Liverpool game. Jeez, you get blanked a lot, don't you feel? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Dude, what, uh, there, might be a, there might be an argument that they, you need to be replaced in the mix zone. Yeah. 
you know. Wait till you, wait till you do the Oscars field. I'd love to see the Oscars. The red carpet, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Like, like yeah. he'd be getting all the exclusives. And yeah. That's, be walking by that's the key. You just hang near Ryan Seacrest and you pull them over there when they're finished. Sorry, Cher, come if over. Went, if, you went, if you went to the Oscars and just leaned on the barrier with a big bag of cans and just took the cans out, and we're like, yo, whatever, whoever they are. And they look, cans, yeah, this fella's cans, yeah. he's different. Yeah, but I don't know, I'm worried for you now in this mix You up. might get Barry Cahan over for a chat then, if you have a few oh, cans, yeah. and you know Jared Gordish, you know. You get Colin Farrell, if he was still on the scene, you might get him as well, you know. The cans um, a good idea. Um, yeah. Laura Duffy, Another... Duffy asked the question. Does Phil think it may have been him? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> it might be him. I think, yeah. I think I'll probably just look too angry. I do probably look too angry. Um, yeah. And maybe, maybe, well, like, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe the aggressive just, feel. May, like, I don't know what's the, the male equivalent of a resting bitch face. Maybe I have that. Like, you know? Yeah, we need, to, we need to check that. We need to take some headshots of you and then send them around yeah. and, and get people's opinions. Uh, Phil, yeah. have you any winner before we, we leave? Yeah, I tell you who's my another winner, Hansi Flick. And he's back in, or he's he's taken over the Germany job, yeah. and they're banging in goals. They played Armenia the other night. <coughs> I was watching, was watching this now, and Armenia were top of the group. Germany had only beaten Liechtenstein two 0 away. Now Liechtenstein away can be tricky, as we know from the nineties yeah. Big Jack. Yeah. But um, then it was the first home game, and they're playing in Stuttgart. They beat Armenia six 0 and. I, I think after watching the way kind of things ended for Yogi Love and remember they lost to North Macedonia earlier this year, that was before the Euros, but I think Germany in the World Cup next year are I mean it's not it's not rocket science, of course they're gonna be they're gonna be in the mix. But Hansi Flick, even tonight now they won again tonight. Yeah, um, four nil, was it? Yeah, Timo Werner scoring for them. He brought Marco yeah. Royce back he scored there the other night as well he didn't start there tonight but yeah Hansi Flick is going to get them playing um, the way they should be he's going to get the best out of them they just needed a bit of freshening up so um, I'm, I'm going to be definitely keeping an eye on, on Germany and, and the Hansi Flick journey yeah yeah dead right yeah dead right Phil sorry Gav because if, like Yogi Love was there for so long and it went so stale a long time ago and they they kept with it and it's an aging squad and you look at the talent they have they don't really have the the center forward maybe that they need at the moment but there's so much talent in germany that you know they needed the new ideas they needed fresh blood and hansi flick he fell into the Bayern job he's done a great job there and i think he is a good choice to get Germany back up and running so it definitely wants to watch because like I grew up Germany were the dominant team in Europe and you know they they sort of come and go but I love seeing a good German side and I think he's the right man to take them at the moment and he will bring through the young players and there's some great young talents coming through there as well they had that young fella Adiemi on the bench didn't they that Liverpool are looking at off uh, yeah he, he actually scored is it Salzburg yeah yeah mm. yeah Olivier with a good shout. He says, the losers are the English FA for charging a lad for misconduct conduct because of a tweet he wrote when he was 14. I've seen that. That's outrageous. Who's it this time? Some lad from Middlesbrough, I think. Um, I, I did see it. Like It's it's going back about six years or something. He was, yeah. he was a young fella and he'd done a tweet and they found it and they've said, look, basically, they've reprimanded him for conduct. 
<laughs> Didn't Harvey Elliott have to do an apology last year yeah, for saying yeah, something shite? Yeah, saying something at 14, like, it's absolutely ridiculous. He was slagging Harry Kane, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that yeah was, that's that was, really that was. had to come out and do one. Uh, shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't be doing that. You yeah. should get him on here. You should get him on the midweek fix. Harry Kane, we all just sit here. Um, but yeah, no, Olivier's spot on. That's that's just madness, you know. A young fella, fourteen on Twitter or whatever he was on, and and does that, and they're punishing him now for it. Is absolutely the game. Like it's gone mad, you know. Going back on what people said years and years and years ago, and and, and bringing them to account for what we think of stuff today is, you know, it, it's ridiculous. And yeah. Don't get me wrong, when he was 14, whatever he said was more than likely not a nice thing he said, but he was 14 years of age. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if he brought, ev- if he brought everyone's fucking comments from 14 years of age up, we, they, they, geez, they wouldn't have enough time to fucking charge all the people. You know the sort of way? So, <laughs> yeah. it's mad. Like, be out the door. There's loads of overtime um, for the people doing the charges, but other than that, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Right, Keith, anything else before we go? No, all good. You happy? Happy. Happy That's money. Stuff. Good stuff. We done well without um, Jamie and all the graphs this week, didn't ah, we? Yeah. I wonder how he's getting on. Don't know. He's big birthday. Big Bogart birthday beer and an England game, yeah. and it's not even his birthday. That's Could right. be by this time, yeah. in fairness. Yeah. yeah, and Jack Grealish was starting, so he'd want to be. Yeah, happy. Ah, yes. so he got. He got the birthday, the, the birthday got, got knocked out the window at quarter eight tonight. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In so. fairness, Grealish got lumps kicked out of him uh, as usual. It was actually there was a nice bit of needle in that pole and thing. Yeah, there flicked, was. Yeah, they were they were getting stuck into each other. I liked it. Um, but, ah, look, Jamie will be back next week, unless there's someone else's birthday or, or Jack Grealish is playing. Um, if Jack yeah. Grealish is playing next week. If Liverpool are playing next Wednesday, so the midweek fix next week will be on Tuesday, um, just to let people know, because we will cover the Liverpool game on Wednesday. Uh, Phil, anything else before we go? No, I saw a few people mention Steve Clark. Um, they yeah. had a good win. Scotland got a, an important win there um, against Austria. Now, they were a little bit fortunate. Um, yeah. I thought the penalty it was it was soft enough, but uh, Lyndon Dykes put it away. Austria missed a load of chances as well, but good result for them. They're kind of back in the mix now in that group. Northern Ireland were playing Switzerland tonight. Somebody mentioned Northern Ireland. Actually, Connor Bradley came on, yeah, and towards the end for Northern Ireland, back, yeah. right, right full. Kind of you're looking at him and you're thinking, how is he going to progress at Liverpool? He's still quite like you remember when Trent came into the team. He was so. He was so scrawny and skinny looking, and you look at him now, and he and that that's uh, that's what obviously Connor Bradley as he gets older he'll he'll fill out, um, mm-hmm. and I, I'd say we'll we'll see him play for Liverpool this season because um, you'd imagine he'll get a run like in a League Cup game, maybe an FA Cup game as yeah. well. Yeah, hopefully. Um, he looks a, he looks a real talent. He absolutely does. Right, um, nothing else for me. I'm good. I'm happy. I think we've done brilliant. Quarter past 11. Phil won't know what to do with himself now with all this extra time <laughs> off um, on yeah. a Wednesday night. He's usually quarter to 12. He's holding his eyes open with fucking matchsticks. But no, we got yeah. out there nice and early tonight. Um, thanks for everybody for watching. Comment and make sure you hit the like button on the way out. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you do that as well. Share it around. Don't forget Sienna Steps, please. Um, link is in the description. You can find stuff on our social media as well. But in any way you can help whether that's you know um sharing it or donating or whatever it might be please do that as i said earlier they have raised enough money to send sienna for this treatment in america in st louis in um november but they have to stay there for a month so it's going to cost an awful lot of money to be over there staying for a month up with the treatment after the operation and stuff like that and then when she comes home she's a lot of rehab to do as well so please 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 um 
don't be worrying about all of us. And if you don't listen, tell you what to do. Don't like it and don't fucking share it. Go and donate. And I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Right. I think that's a fair deal. And um, that's, a, that's how important it is. Yeah. So Gav, Gav, before we go, oh, before we go, you very quick, I'm not remembering no. one. I'm not remembering a good one, right? Um, <laughs> a good one. I, this better be good. <laughs> no, I, I dug out my Manscaped gear today, right? And, and gave me, me balls a bit of a, right. a bit of love, right? Yeah. With the ball deodorant, right? And yeah. we, you know that smells yeah. amazing, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. good gear. I feel like yeah. you're on it. Manscaped ball deodorant. <laughs> right. Top of Whopper. the range, right? Top of the skill. So yeah. I was at top a mini World Cup then. A mini woke up there with me on for the plane and I was standing at the defence watching it and someone beside me, like they happened to mention, Chase, that's a lovely smell, isn't it? And I'm convinced <laughs> I'm convinced it was the baldy odorant that they could right. smell. Okay. So anybody who's not on it, Manscaped okay. baldy odorant, it's so a game changer. You're promoting changer. You're promoting Manscaped through the through an essence. Coming yeah, off, coming off yeah. Yeah, at mini World Cups. This is a new one. Yeah, I'd like to think it was me. Yeah. I'd like to. Oh, I had to have been. What I else could be it you. be? What well, unless you were standing beside a bakery. No, no, no. It definitely was the ball, the old one. I can oh, yeah. definitely, um, you know, I can vouch for you. Know what it's like. You yeah. know it's good gear. 100%. You know, and if you have it on, you can smell it. So definitely, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, then we should all be lashing that stuff on and just hanging around mini 100%. World Cups to see what the comments are like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See what the reaction is. Maybe okay. I should wear it in the mix on. Yes, that's what that could that's be. Fucking what you should do. That's there you go. Do. Next in time. the mix zone, like dollops yeah. of this fucking ball yeah. deodorant stuff on yeah. you. Sorry, uh, Wojciech, can I have a word? Oh, no, he'd be coming over asking right. you for a word. If you, yeah. you'd be sorry, Phil, can I have a word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 unbelievable. Yeah. Go out and talk to Phil, the smell around him is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just don't say your balls when the answer is, though, because then yeah, yeah, yeah. look a bit weird. But anyway, we've ruined the end of that show for people now. Thank God for that. But well done to Keith, you know making people happy on mini woke ups that's it go. that's been the midweek fix um as for tomorrow carnage friday sports unplugged saturday nothing sunday of three shows though you have a pre-match a post-match and a fat back for on sunday so um woo sunday talk to you in a bit over now sports social podcast network